Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Wonderful to be with you for the 687,000th time. Praise the Lord. Just messing around. It's a wonderful day today in the neighborhood, no doubt about it. We have a very, very special broadcast lined up today. Uh, the uh, young man that I met last weekend, uh, Aaron, will be joining us, our dear brother, a pioneering brother in the kingdom of heaven, and we're looking forward to having him on the air any moment now. I think he's just arriving on the scene of destiny. Let me bring Brother Aaron into the broadcast. Hey, you're looking good, my friend. How are you? We are blessed. Keep on talking. I want to make sure our audio is good, Aaron. It sounds like it sounds like a great song, man. That's a good rap song. So I'm hoping that everybody's seeing you live right now on the air. Facebook, YouTube, they'll pick you up. Not YouTube. We got yanked off of YouTube a while back ago. Uh, we'll see if there's a restoration because of the narrative of talking about things that they just don't like you to talk about. But uh, my dear brother, it's great to see you today, and you really are looking good. And uh, we had a uh, an opportunity to meet each other last weekend. On a Saturday, as you were bringing a kingdom message, and um, we had some great conversation, discussion, and I thought it would be good to bring you out into this particular platform to share your heart. So what I'd like you to do, Aaron, if you don't mind, is just kind of introduce yourself to everybody out there today and uh, just kind of let us know 
what God's been doing in your life, and then we'll get into some conversation, perhaps about things going on in the world from your perspective. I've never asked you. Uh, you know, we like looking through the biblical lens at the signs of the times, giving interpretation to what we see. And um, some of the conversation I heard you share, uh, I think there's uh, a great knowledge database that you have. So without further ado, say hello to everybody. Yeah. Well, it's an incredible, uh, I know you have a lot more to share. The, the stories that you told us about where you have been, you know, you've been over 1,000 fellowships just in the state of Arkansas. You've traveled around the world. You've got an extensive ministry. I'm just hearing that you're doing something with the children and schooling to some degree. And you, you're just very, very deep in the word of God. And we appreciate that. And I love what you said, Aaron, because it's true. And I think you and I have nothing but potential to really sit down and break bread and to have an audience of brethren around us to, you know, really sort things out because I personally believe we're living in what the Bible has said, the last days. I know they've been saying that for 2000 years. I get that. I feel like we're a unique generation because Israel has become a nation, a regathered nation within our lifetime. We see technological explosions going on. We're watching global shutdowns and worldwide events going on. So our job is to equip the saints, get them ready to go through, make them strong, uh, to endure and get ready to, you know, un undergo severe trials if need be. Not that that's what we're looking for. God is good and there is a protective hedge and he knows how to, you know, take care of what is his own. But on the other side of the coin, with all that said, you brought such a, a beautiful balance, quite frankly, of a kingdom message. And so I think we need to put both of these together and you know, come up with some uh, simple instructions so that people can feed on the Word of God and move forward in their lives. And one of the things I love about your ministry is that uh, you really don't want to be uh, involved in the religion of Christianity, that you really want to see transformation in people's lives. So go ahead and speak into that. And uh, if anything comes to mind about maybe your, you know, your eschatological view of end times, if you want to go there, you know, just kind of share some of your thoughts about that. <laughs> yeah. 
Amen. Well, it, it's okay. We're going to go out there, and we have to, because in your five-minute conversation, uh, people that do believe in the flat, eight, flat Earth, and there's a lot of people listening right now that really have been looking at that scientifically, mathematically, they go on and on, and there's the two sides. Uh, there's the three different sides, maybe four different sides to the rapture doctrine. Uh, I always boil it down to this, and, and each one of us have to walk in the level of understanding revelation that God has given to us. We have to walk in what we have attained to, always be teachable, always be wide open, because there's only one Holy Spirit, which means there's only one truth. And there can't be all these different truths, uh, particularly about the rapture doctrine. There can't be a pre-trib, mid-trib, and a post-trib, and that all be true. Somewhere along the line, there's got to be truth in that, you know, will the saints of God in that final generation go through the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth, or, and some be preserved in the wilderness, some be preserved in their Goshen, others being made white in the blood of the Lamb, like it says in Revelation chapter 7, or will we be out of here before it happens? Because a lot of people that believe, for example, that we're going to be out of here before the Antichrist comes and things get really bad, well, if that's not true, they're going to wake up in a world where hatred and evil, and then all of a sudden you get this idea, the love of many begins to wax cold, they begin to hate one another, betray one another, they're totally unprepared for what's coming down the pike. So we have that argument against pre-trib, and then the pre-tribbers are going, you post-tribbers are crazy, and so, but somewhere there's got to be truth. Is this just a sign of the times of the confusion, the Babylonian confusion that has hit the mind of the masses and the deception that Satan has brought into the world um, because it all can't be true if there's only one spirit and God is not schizophrenic. So how do you actually deal with this? And I, I agree with you. It's faith. My belief is we rally back around the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, Brother Aaron, everything you and I have in common is at the cross, it's where I received atonement, where I was forgiven, where mercy came to me, where the blood of Jesus worked in my life, and the same exact thing has happened for you and all the billions of people around the world. So can the church rally back around the cross? Can believers rally back around the cross, the basic fundamental foundation of our faith, and begin anew in this journey in these final moments of time upon the earth as we understand it? Sure. Let her rip. That's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
That's a note. So I, I, I think the safe tact in, in this particular conversation, um, again, I go back to if any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing. I think a spirit of humility brings us back down. Uh, there's a lot of deception in the world. Jesus said in the last days there'd be deception everywhere. And so I want to keep myself out of deception. I don't want to be involved in deception. I love the truth because of what it's done in my life. And so we come to this moment in time where, okay, here we are. We're the generation. Here we are. I mean, we're about to deal with things uh, that I would call the chariots because the women have already been kind of running their, their deal against the body of Christ. So, yes, there needs to be a strengthening. There needs to be a challenging. There needs to be a preparation uh, as you know, the soldiers used to do good sword fights among themselves to get themselves ready. So we want the truth. Okay. Um, things we're talking about right now, if we're, we'd be honest, it's very easy for people to take a position and say, okay, you know, I don't, I don't want to argue about it. I don't want to have trouble with it. But the fact is, I know you believe what you're saying is true, but I know what I believe is the truth. And so we have that dynamic. And the question is, how do you really get beyond that? And when I talk about going back to the cross, I see the greatest act of love that's ever been displayed before mankind, that my sins were forgiven, your sins were forgiven, the sins of the whole world. So I, I pick up my cross, I carry my cross daily, and I, w I walk in the realm of death to self that I may know the living Christ. And um, how are believers ever going to get on the same page? You know, I just don't see it happening at this moment. And I guess it's just going to have to maintain is regardless of what you believe or say, I love you. And, and yet sometimes I say I love you, but my actions really don't show that I love you. But um, I'm going to have to keep moving on in what I believe. And that is continuing to prepare myself as a bride for the bridegroom to become that city that God has called us to be and uh, working out my salvation with fear and trembling. Speak into that. Excellent point. <clears throat> I said excellent point, and I also want to just uh, interject a thought real quick. Um, you had gone back, going back to what you said about moving on, leaving the elementary principles, going on to perfection. Perhaps the, 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 what that means or what it has the potential to mean is that maybe we need to get beyond this conversation of whether this is right, doctrinal issues, and move on into a spiritual maturity that uh, complements the nature of Christ, as you said earlier. And if people are willing to do that and let, you know, their doctrinal theological beliefs about these events, uh, which we've all talked about, okay, well, here's what I believe, here's what you believe, here's what I believe, here's what you believe. However, I'm now going beyond that into relationship with Christ that's going to bring me into a revelation, an understanding, wisdom, navigation, uh, getting ready for the greatest transition, I believe, in this, this generation, a transition from one place to another, from one condition to another, I believe that's upon us. And maybe just walking and going towards that perfection is where we could kind of meet together as believers.
Okay, very good. So let's do something. Let's go to a page of scripture. And, and because this is huge when it comes to educating the body of Christ and, um, you know, challenging the belief system that we have. And I think that's a good thing. We need to be challenged in what we believe because if we're sincere believers and we're not just part of a group or a creed or a denomination, um, this is important. So in Matthew chapter 24, I mean, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, second. Thessalonians, what you brought up, there's a very common theme, and believers around the world believe that these eternal words of Jesus Christ um, were for generation to generation, and here we are. So let's just read a little bit of verse, a uh, little scripture in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 8, and let's see if we're in agreement on this. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, or I am anointed, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. They were asking him three questions. We had four disciples asking Jesus three questions about the 70 AD event when the temple would be destroyed, about his second coming and the end of the world, these three questions. So he's talking about that. Verse 7. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then, now he's talking about these general events. We know that. He's talking about events that have been going on since the beginning of time. But there's an acceleration. It's global. It's at the same time all over the world. Then shall they deliver you up. Now he's talking to the disciples to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many believers be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. All right, so before moving on into the other scriptures, how do you view those particular words that Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago, but obviously we're still reading them today, and they seem to fit like a hand in glove. What are your thoughts about what we just read? Okay. Okay, well, that's okay. Um, so a, a number of people would view this and they would, you know, ask the question, but I do want to move on as well. But if somebody gets to a place of uh, being offended, which is a trap, it's the word, you know, it's the trap stick, um, and you have been betrayed. So now somebody is offended, they're betraying, they're hating, their love is wax cold. They would kind of apply that to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, talking about a falling away, an apostasia, defection from the truth, which goes back to some other things we talked about last week in Hebrews, which is one of my concerns. But let's go on for just a moment, because I want to get this point out here. In verse 15, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. So a simple interpretation of that is there have been many antichrists throughout time. Epiphanes was one that went into the temple. 70 AD, they did the same thing in the temple. But in these last days, obviously, 
there's going to be the Antichrist standing in the temple, the abomination that makes desolation, 2 Thessalonians 2, the man of sin who we believe is Lucifer because of the exact description of Isaiah chapter 14. But anyways, he comes, he's going to stand in the holy place. He says, when that happens, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Woe unto them that are with child and them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, uh, because they're fleeing into the mountains. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So here Jesus is talking about a tribulation that's never been before, will never be again. And we cannot say that 70 AD was that great tribulation, as some of the preterists would say, because we know that worse things have happened since 70 AD, i.e. World War II, the Nazi regime, and the Holocaust. So now he says, except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened, which I mean, which I believe uh, is three and a half years, 1260 days, um, you know, 42 months, like the scriptures say. Your thoughts about this portion? Okay, very good. So let's go on just a little bit further. Uh, by the way, Revelation 19.7 says, um, oh gosh, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And I think it's important that we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 24. Let's look at verse 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now Jesus, answering their question, says, Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he's in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning comes out of the east, shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And then verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, which he said was going to be greater than anything that's ever been and anything that's ever will ever be, but immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together as elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. This in you know, in every passage throughout Scripture is First Thessalonians chapter 4. This is the Lord returning immediately after the tribulation. Then we have the trumpets and the angels going and Christ staying in the clouds, people being raised from the dead, those alive and remaining being caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That is a very real event, but he actually places it immediately after the tribulation. All this other stuff during that tribulation period 
going on with the saints, going on in the world. We know Revelation 13. Your thoughts. Yeah, okay, that's very good because Revelation 19 from 11 on literally talks about, uh, you know, this, the book of Revelation is so clear that you have this tribulation period. Afterwards, you have the dead in Christ rising at his first coming. He stays in the cloud. He doesn't touch the earth. Everybody's rising up to meet the Lord in the air. We go to be with the Lord. God is pouring out his wrath upon the nations of the earth, destroying mystery Babylon, the beast, kingdoms. Revelation 19 is when he comes back with all the armies. He sets up his kingdom for a thousand years. We get that. But in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this has been a huge debate in the body of Christ. And this is where people have always said, and this is what made it kind of suspect to me, that 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is all about the preacher of rapture. So I looked at it in verse 13 in context with Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. And I'll start in verse 13. Let's go through that. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Here he's talking about the dead, those who died in faith in Jesus Christ. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He's talking about the dead saints. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, and I pretty much believe he's talking about what Jesus taught, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, which we just read in Matthew 24 is immediately after the tribulation, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, which we just read about in Matthew 24. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, we have massive denominations are saying 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is all about the pre-tribulational rapture. This has nothing to do with a pre-tribulational rapture. So even if the preacher rapture is true, you're, you're spoiling it by telling people it's right there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, because it's not. So how do you interpret this passage of Scripture? Well, those are good thoughts, and, and I totally agree with that. To be alive and remaining at the coming of the Lord, which is potential in our generation because of the signs of times that are everywhere around it. And I do believe God possesses the keeping power. Revelation 12 talks about a woman going into the wilderness that God has prepared a place for her for three and a half years. Now, in verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 15, but now, Paul's talking about the resurrection this whole time. And he says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. Now, that's singular Jesus, the Christ, in context of everything that was said. So now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. So he is the first of the resurrection in, in, in the setting of 1 Corinthians 15. Then we, we know that the last enemy shall be destroyed is death. So 1 Corinthians 15, which you referenced in verse 50, um, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. 
Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So this is going back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Paul writing, he's in total agreement. He tells us there that um, in, in alignment with everything that Jesus taught, the events that will happen, there seems to be a divine order to it. And you're right, being alive and remaining at the coming of the Lord changed, uh, getting that metamorphosis going and that atomos moment that is cannot be measured that speed in which the change will come um, is powerful so with that being said uh, we're tracking here um, we could go briefly to second Thessalonians but your thoughts just you know what is it that the Lord would like to you know let's just go in that direction Agreed. Well, before you go there, I'd like to make an interjection. See, this is what I love about you. This is what I love about God. This is what I love about the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, my wife, Patricia, who today is her birthday, we're going to sing and celebrate here in just a little bit. Yesterday, we sat at the table with four uh, couples in a living room and had a meal. And for one hour, we taught them directly about death being abolished in Hebrews chapter 2, about how he destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil. We talked about seeking immortality in Romans chapter 2. We went into all these verses about the same exact thing because we do not believe in death, that death is the last enemy to be destroyed. So I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, well, 24 hours ago, this is exactly what we were preaching to encourage people not to have a fear of death, not to be in bondage to death. Death has been abolished. The devil who had the power of death has been destroyed. And yet people don't pay attention to what that means. So the end times to me is not a fearful event. I could care less personally, but I do know that people need to be prepared to meet the Lord regardless of what happens. And there are some things coming and there is tribulation all over the world already happening to many people. And it's just how we are adjusting to this moment. But you see, I, I love this. And if Patricia's listening, she'll, con- she'll confirm. And if Sieta, Klaus, Diana, and Ken are listening, this is what we talked about. So please continue on. God bless your heart. That's where we are. Let's go. 
Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, we're here. Amen. Well, that's well said, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, so let's go back to Second Thessalonians chapter two, and put it in a little bit of context. Beginning in verse one, here's how you know I've understood this. Paul writes, and he said, "Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the coming that he's been talking about, and by our gathering together unto him." All right, so we know that when he comes, there's going to be a trumpet blast, the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ will rise. Those alive and remaining will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. This will happen immediately after the tribulation in simplicity. And he says this, that you be not soon shaken and by our gap, um, in mind or be troubled. Don't be shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. This was the doctrine of imminency that was being taught where everybody was running around saying, the day of the Lord is at hand. Everything is ready. It's ready to happen any moment now, any moment now, any moment now. And people were getting kind of stirred up by this thing. And then he comes up with these words in verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. And he's referring here to these italicized words, to the day of his coming, that day of the Lord Jesus Christ, our gathering together unto him, that day shall not come except there come, there's two things that have to happen before he returns and before we're gathered to him. Except there come a falling away first, a defection from the truth and apostasy, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, Isaiah 14, that is the exact description of Lucifer, and I believe that this man of sin is going to embody that energy, that spirit, that satanic, uh, when this is fulfilled. So, everything that follows this has to be put into context with these first few verses. Guys, slow down a little bit, he's saying. You know, stop running around, imminency, any moment, Jesus returning, any moment, you know, get that out of you. You need to get solid. You need to walk this out. You need to understand that I'm not coming until after a couple of things are going to happen. You're going to see a falling away. You're going to see the man of sin revealed. You're going to be here for that event. And then, of course, what you said about the that which lets. I've heard every conversation in the world, and I agree. Some people say, well, in America, for example, we used to have laws that protected morality within our nation. Well, those laws have been taken out of the way, and evil laws have been promoted. And look at our society today. So some people say the removal of the laws of God, the spirit of God, the church, like you said. But in context, this all happens not in a doctrine of imminency, which is being preached loudly today, but in an understanding that final generation will witness the appearing of the Son of Man. It will witness people defecting from the truth everywhere. Speak into that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Amen. <clears throat> Amen. I'm good with that. <laughs> All right, so I want to confirm in Revelation 14, number one, where it talks about the 144,000, they are called a first fruits company. There's no doubt that God refers to the 144,000 who are overcomers in my understanding of scripture, because the very description of them is not their external Jewishness as much as their internal conduct. So we have the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 14. Uh, These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. So we do get that. Uh, Real quick, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Here's where I want to show that man of sin in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And then you go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and that is the exact description of what this one says. He says what? He opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So to me, this is the spirit of Lucifer, the light bearer, who's been around from the beginning of time, that's going to manifest in a body. Now, some people say, is that going to be an Islamic antichrist? Is that going to be some European guy? Whatever it is, this is what Second Thessalonians, someone's coming in the full energy of satanic uh, that's going to deceive the world and is going to wreak havoc upon the earth, really making war with the saints. So, Brother Aaron, here we are. Nice discussion. What I would like to do is kind of shift for just a little bit. Uh, you said something that really piqued my interest the uh, first time I heard you speak. And um, it had to do with somewhat, and I, and I hate to condescend down to these things, but uh, they're important to people that are listening. Um, we have a lot of political stuff going on in the world today, from the convoy up in Canada to movements like BLM, Antifa. You spoke about that. Um, You were intrinsic back in 2013, I believe it was, in speaking against these. Can you kind of speak into that and just share some of these views? It's going to sound so boring right now, right? But go ahead. Amen. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Yeah, you become an enemy. <laughs> you did good, man. You did very, very good. Hey, we've got about <clears throat> four minutes left in our, our time together for this airing of the broadcast. And I uh, just want you to speak into, you know, someone's life out there today. You know, they've been hearing so many different things. They, they need to settle. There needs to be genuine peace. Build your life upon the foundation. Um, just speak into their lives just for a moment before we go. Amen. Well, it's a great word of encouragement, exhortation, and a call for people to wake up, <clears throat> study yourself to be approved, stay in the Word of God. Brother Aaron, God bless you, my friend. Thank you for joining me on the air today. We did something that's unprecedented. We came from two opposing backgrounds, and yet the same spirit of interaction. I mean, come on. How many people do you know that know Theodore Austin Sparks? They could sit down and read that. How many times have you and I, in a brief encounter, had similarities of so many different things, like the same God, the same spirit, and yet our education in the word, our level of understanding is movable and shifting and we're getting places. These conversations are going to help us all. I appreciate you, brother, and God bless your heart and God bless your ministry and family. All right, my friend. Shalom. All right. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. <clears throat> we need to talk. Today <clears throat> is Patricia Joy Xavier's birthday. And I am so apologetic that some of you were not able to <clears throat> join on, on Blog Talk because this took precedence over that. But we're going to open the Blog Talk lines right now. And we want you to know that you can call into this, broad, into this broadcast and program. If you would like to share a thought concerning Patricia's birthday today, she's been serving the Lord for over 45 years. She's written her book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. She is a pioneer in many ways in the Holy Spirit and has brought many people into a liberty and a freedom in the kingdom of God through the anointing that's at work in her life. And if you would like to share something with her, the number to call is 818-369-0326. That's 818-369-0326. I personally want to say to my beloved wife, Patricia Joy, 30 years of our marriage, you're the best, and the best is yet to come. And I'm so glad that you and I are journeying through this life into eternal life together, my very best friend, Patricia Joy. And I know that your birthday this year is going to be an exceptional year, 
And I know that it already began today with a lot of laughter, a lot of friendship, a lot of love. Thank you for your service to the body of Christ. Thank you as a wife for your service to my life. Thank you for being such an amazing help meet to me. And I bless you today, Patricia Joy Xavier. I love you with all of my heart today, Patricia Joy Xavier. And I wish you a year of great blessings. And I know that some folks are going to call up and they're going to chat in and they're going to, you're going to get this blessings going to go on. We don't celebrate for a day. We celebrate for weeks in our birthdays. And uh, God's got some very special gifts for you lined up for your birthday this year. And just enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. And uh, there's already some calls coming in. So I want to take this first call coming in right now. Area code 479-366. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. Do you have something very special you'd like to share with Patricia Joy? <laughs> yes. Good morning. Hi, Chad. Um, yeah. Happy birthday. Absolutely. Um, it is so amazing. And I, I know you all know a tree is known by its fruit. Um, where the word says, where whom Christ sets free is free indeed. The literal, and I've seen this over 18 years within this ministry, the absolute love and, and absolute persistence to absolutely set the captives free for those who want it from demons, from generational curses to anything else that would keep sin, that would keep a saint, a, a member of the body of Christ down and out and not living the full life that Jesus Christ paid for them to live on this side of the earth. Your labor of love is real, it's authentic, it's genuine, and all in the midst of it, loving and embracing death in every way. I know you love to die. <laughs> that, brings, that brings God glory. You love it, and you're encouraging us as the body of Christ to love it as well. And... um I just I just bless you in the spirit. I love you. You're my you're my pastor, my spiritual mom, my um mentor and so much more. Uh but I, I know there are others calling, but I love you and I just bless you in the spirit. Happy birthday. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful thing. So dying we live, right? All right, what a beautiful call. That's right. That's right. God bless you, bye. Well, God bless you as well, and thank you for that very generous call. Uh, So, Patricia Joy Xavier, if you're listening right now, people are going to begin to maybe just call in, say happy birthday, share their thoughts with you. And I know your whole day is lined up, and you've got probably a good two weeks ahead of you of just celebration, the celebration of life. And it's because you have laid your life down to minister to so many people and to bring them into a life experience in the kingdom of God and through Jesus Christ. Uh, We have right now Kevin Hauger on the chat room. Happy birthday, Patricia. May God bless you and your ministry. Thank you, Kevin, for that blessing. Again, the number to call, 818-369-0326. 818-369-0326. While we're waiting for your calls, I want to share a little thought that came in the chat room 
uh, concerning the conversation we had today with uh, Brother Aaron. Uh, our missionary friends from uh, Honduras who are now in Hawaii, Brian and Kathy said, I think eschatology is so important in this particular season because more than anything else, it opens doors to discipleship. Almost anyone with a pulse sees we are on the cusp of something big on a global scale. People are battling varying levels of anxiety and denial. In our experience, people who previously mocked our faith and scoffed at our Jesus are now second-guessing themselves and asking questions. I'm always watching for people willing to ask questions, and happy birthday, Patricia. All right, from Brian and Kathy. So the conversation we had with Brother Aaron, super important and very good. All right, we're waiting for your call, 818-369-0326. If you would like to share, remember you have to press 1 on the dial pad. That's 818-369-0326. And if uh, we're all good, then we're going to let it rest, and we're just going to move on into a beautiful day. And we want to thank everybody for your prayers. We want to thank you for tuning into this radio broadcast. You've been listening to The Watchman on Omega Radio. I'm Pastor Vincent Xavier. God bless you. And uh, remember, Aaron, uh, let me give you a little bit of information I didn't ask him while he was on the air with me. Uh, you could find Aaron if you want to check out any of his uh, work that he's done. And you will find that at, uh, you can email him at a. Dagnu, that's all small letters, A-D-A-G-N-E-W, A-Dagnu, at gmail.com. So any questions, comments, any way you want to connect with Aaron, um, ask questions, whatever it is, again, I'm going to put it up on the screen under a banner right now to, let's do this. We'll do A-D-A-G-N-E-W at gmail.com, and there it is. So, and I'll put that now on the board, adagnew at gmail.com, if you have any questions, comments for Brother Aaron. And by the way, we call him Brother Aaron. To many, he is a pastor, an apostle, prophet, teacher. Uh, God has gifted this young man. There's no doubt about it. So um, keep on pressing in, saints. Keep learning. Keep being teachable. Keep studying, searching. Uh, we live in an amazing times. You've got one Vapor. We've all got one vapor. Life is a vapor. Deep breathing. Breathe in the gift of life. Breathe out the gift of life. Worship and praise the creator of your life. Love him. He loves you with all of his heart. Till we meet again, shalom. God bless. We've got another comment coming in. Is this for Patricia? Ooh, let's see. Jody from Sarasota. Looks like birth pangs are slowly, slowly down. Vax mandates are lifting everywhere. Any thoughts? Hmm. Vax mandates. Are there any thoughts about it? Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you what. I'm pretty sure that the next 50 days are going to be very telling when it comes to vaccines and mandates, new mandates, wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I guess time will tell. I'm hearing a lot of great things. Up in Canada, we're hearing of the convoy. We're hearing of individuals who are changing their minds in governmental places in Canada. Um, is it just that moment where the global new world order of things 
uh, have finalized the implementation of their components to bring the world online through their 5G, 6G towers. Um, you know, is it time now to take the facade away and all that uh, scaffolding to have the attention over here? And now it's, you know, coming to an end and a new level of persecution, a new level of observation of the masses, a new level of things. Well, time will tell. I would stay the course. I keep moving forward and understanding the times that we're in. That's my thought about that. All right. If you, uh, some people are just calling into the broadcast right now. If you want to share something with Patricia, please press one on your dial pad. So I know that you're wanting to share with her. And those of you who are calling in, I want to give you opportunity to uh, talk with her. Okay. So, Anybody, let's see, we've got a nice call coming in. We're going to have to let it go for now. Sorry that we are not able to receive any more. God bless saints. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. This is Pastor Vince. Have a super blessed day. Shalom.